2: That looks at Good evening and welcome to Clear and Convincing, the show that looks at criminal cases from the perspective of the courts, not the court of public opinion. We're Lisa O'Brien podcasting from New Orleans, Louisiana, the state that's been the last the state that's been the home of the Golden Boot since twenty sixteen, and Michael Carnahan from Little Rock, Arkansas, the state that last possessed the Golden Boot in twenty fifteen. Thank you for joining us for Episode 29, State of Texas versus Darlie Routier. I want to apologize in advance because I will probably pronounce the name as Rie. Many times during this program, that is how the name would be pronounced here in Southeast Louisiana. Tonight, we're going to be discussing the case against Darley Routier, who was convicted for capital murder in the death of her son, Damon, in 1997. A jury subsequently sentenced her to death. Our direct appeal was delayed by problems with the court reporter's record, and that did not conclude until 2003. Limited DNA testing has been granted by the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals in 2008, but 10 years later, the testing is allegedly still in process. Tonight, we're hoping that members and moderators of a Facebook page called Stop the Lies, Darlie Routier is guilty, will be able to join us. Uh, Because we're a live show, sometimes guests have scheduling conflicts and can't always uh, commit to being on the show, but we're hoping that they'll be able to join us. As always, we are a live show. Our phone number is 347-989-1171. Good evening, Michael.
3: Good evening. Yeah, it don't get more live than this show, and we've definitely experienced a live drama <laughs> the past 15 minutes, but definitely glad to be on here. Uh, it's going to be fun to talk about this case, and it's going to be fun to talk about uh, talk with these people who are coming on uh, from this Facebook group. Uh, yes. And, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and say them are fighting words if you bring up the golden boot, so uh, we just have forgotten no. about the golden boot in
1: existence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like Arkansas because when Mike 6 was diagnosed with cancer, um, Tusk sent flowers. And when Mike passed, Tusk sent flowers. So I I don't dislike Arkansas. I dislike Alabama, but not Arkansas.
1: Uh-huh.
2: So, and, you know, know they've been normal. going back and They've been going back and forth with the boot for um, since 1901. Yep. I don't know well, if you knew that.
3: Well, not with the boot, but yeah. Oh, the boot. We've been having a rivalry for quite some time now, especially oh, okay. over, you know, stuff. but I, I believe, and I'd have to look it up, but David Basil, who's actually a radio uh, show host here in Little Rock, actually created the uh, Golden Boot and had it made and for, just for this game specifically. So yeah, definitely. I don't know. Speaking of uh, Tusk, if you had seen, but Tusk is actually getting ready to retire after this season, and we're going to have a new. Oh,
2: okay. One. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. Now, something else I wanted to talk about uh, briefly before we actually get into the Retire Case. Uh, Friday night, I attended the first annual gala. For Barons Bears, which is a nonprofit that provides teddy bears to first responders, police officers, fire, EMTs, to give out to children involved in car accidents, house fires, and other stressful situations. And I wanted to talk a little bit about how Barons Bears got started because the the way it got started is kind of the epitome of what. The organization is. Um, Barron's Bears started with the meeting of two strangers who formed a bond. In 2016, Mr. Frank Labar had a medical emergency and Deputy Turner Barron of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office answered the call to help him. Deputy Barron got Mr. Frank to a hospital and for some people that would have been the end. Mr. Labar and his family were touched when Deputy Barron came to the hospital to visit him. It was during that visit that Deputy Barron talked about the box of teddy bears he had in his patrol car to give to children in stressful situations. It was such a small thing that it made a world of difference to that child. Deputy Barron also talked about his dream of providing bears to other deputies at the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office and eventually every first responder in Louisiana. Mr. Frank, who owned Fleet Tire in Metairie, Louisiana, listened to Deputy Barron, and then decided that he would help. Um, He wanted to get Deputy Barron as many bears as he could handle. Mr. Frank put an empty box in his shop and asked customers to donate new and gently used bears. Mr. Frank gave Barron's bears a chance, offering his humble shop, and from there, Barron's bears grew and grew and grew. Soon, Deputy Barron was getting a lot of calls from Mr. Frank saying, we got a bunch today. With those donations, Deputy Barron's been able to provide his squad with teddy bears for their patrol cars. Within a few months, he was able to provide teddy bears to every patrol unit and officer in the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office.
4: <coughs>
2: in just a few months, Barron's bears had expanded to twelve police departments, which were being provided with teddy bears to help children they came across at scenes of domestic violence, car accidents house fires, crime scenes, and other traumatic events. In addition to Barron's bears, there's also a Scarlets Blankets and Bears program, which provides blankets and bears for women and children who are in shelters. Deputy Barron took time out of his day to visit a gentleman in the hospital. Mr. Frank put an empty box in his shop and asked his customers to donate teddy bears. Those two small acts of kindness led to big changes. In two years, Barron's Bears program has grown and expanded, and with the support of Sheriff Joe Lapinto and other police departments and first response agencies in and around southeast Louisiana, it's continuing to grow. To, grow. to learn more about Barron's Bears and Scarlet's blanket, Blankets and Bears, go to www.barronsbearsinc.com, and that's B-A-R-R-A-N-S, or you can find them on Facebook at Barron's Bears.
3: Well, that's an awesome story, Lisa, for sure. Uh, and I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you were able to uh, attend that for sure. That's a great cause, and you know everybody should support something like that, especially for victims of uh, or people that have seen things. You know. Especially children, you know, it's got a good chance to scar them for life. So, even just yeah. a small something like a uh, teddy bear can, you know, definitely make a huge right. impact on being able to uh, being able to recover from that mentally.
2: Yeah, it is, and and I mean, Deputy Baron, one of the things he told Mister Frank was, um, you know, when you give the child, the child could be crying hysterically. You hand that child, the teddy bear, the crying instantly stops. And they All calm right. down. They become engaged. They engage with the bear. Um, so it's It's a really great program. Unfortunately, Mr. Frank passed away on January 6, 2018. So he hasn't been able to see the growth of Baron's bears. Uh, but we're sure he's up in heaven smiling down and seeing it take off and he's still very much a part of the Barron's Bears program.
3: Right, right. Definitely a great cause and everybody should check it out and support it. Do you have a uh, I didn't see one. Do you have a website that you actually do <laughs>
1: have uh,
2: I have links Bears? on I have links on the page. hmm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. I've got the links, I put those on the page. I told Deputy Barron that I was going to talk about the the program tonight, and uh, even though I'd had, they were pouring those drinks very nicely. I'm just right. saying. <laughs> well, hey,
1: but on, I, I, no, I, no.
2: I really wanted to talk about it. It's a great program. And I think it's kind so. of, uh, in a way, it's kind of, Ironic that we're talking about this tonight when we're dealing with a case in which the victims were were a six-year-old boy and his five-year-old brother.
3: Right, right. Absolutely. And
2: so, um, the irony did not escape me.
3: Absolutely. And certainly, you know, in this case, a lot of situations, you wish that... uh, you wish that this would happen, and things like that, but definitely, definitely a uh, pace from last week uh, where we were talking about the uh, election results, but, you know, I'm certainly glad to be back to the true crime, because, you know, the real world's
2: scary enough
3: as is. (laughs) I know,
2: I know. So um yeah I was I was kinda wondering how the elections would turn out.
3: Well they pretty and, much turned out exactly Yeah, figured uh, and the way yeah. everybody else did it. So.
2: Yeah. But I you know I really think the, the partisanship needs to end on both sides. Don't refuse to do something just because you don't like President Trump
3: absolutely
2: you know, they 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 want they want president trump to fail but that's like wanting the pilot of the plane that you know you're flying to fail absolutely um, and i mean instead by, no of, is,
3: by no means is that a democrat only issue you know back when uh, the president was president obama it was the same situation but reversed, you know, the the and that's exactly you're right, you hit the nail on the head. The partisanship needs to uh needs to end. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully in the next two years we can see that happen, but I feel like we're probably a long ways away from uh fixing that issue. But let's talk about yeah. this situation with the routiers, uh, real quick. We're about uh thirteen <laughs> minutes in, so let's go ahead and start talking about the routiers, uh from what I can tell on the outline here, a huge family.
2: Pretty much. Uh, pretty much. They are, and there's a lot of Ds. There's a Darley daughter and Darley mama. So it can be quite mm-hmm. like confusing. Darren Rutier is the husband of Darley and the father of Damon, Devin, and Drake. Drake was seven months old when this occurred. Uh, he was 28 years old when Devin and Damon were murdered and he and Darley divorced in 2011. Darley right. was 26 years old when Devin and Damon were murdered and when she was arrested. Um, she was convicted on February 4, 1997 and she's been on Texas death row since. Uh, a little aside, I reached out to Toby Shook to try and get some insight because she was only tried for Damon's murder
4: she had mm-hmm. never been
2: tried for Devin's murder um, I can only speculate that probably Damon's murder because he was under five was capital murder just based on his age they would not have to prove any premeditation any plan any, anything but that he was five years old and under the right. statute, that is capital murder. So I believe that that's why they did it. I don't know whether they tried her for Damon's murder and if she was not convicted of Damon's murder, they could go back and try her for Devin's murder and maybe mm-hmm. develop new evidence or if that was part of the strategy. Like I said, I can only speculate. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm
1: sorry. I,
2: I call it my one of my attorney's had a sore throat last week, and I've caught it. Mm. So, oh no! Forgive me.
3: <laughs> That's never fun. That's never fun. And then, like it's that time of year uh, when everything's mm-hmm. going down like that.
2: Yeah. And um, uh,
3: Lisa, Lisa, uh, I have mm-hmm. a caller here uh, from a nine three seven area code. Would this be one of the people that?
2: Uh, uh it that may be. I don't they, know. Just, yeah, bring them on.
3: Okay, well, here we go. Caller, can you hear us?
5: Yeah, I can hear you. How are you doing? Hi. How are you doing?
2: This?
1: Is,
5: this, is, this this is this Brian? Brian and John. Yeah, it was.
1: I recognize your voice.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I recognize your voice
2: from your videos. <laughs>
5: well, how are you guys doing how? tonight?
2: Pretty good, pretty good. We're just getting started on the Routier's.
5: Well, that's good. I'm um, glad you're getting this, getting this story out there.
2: <laughs> well, we're, if, if we can manage to get through the whole family, because it's a huge family.
5: Yeah. As and, a matter um, of fact, the mother, right. there, were, there, there, there were four Darleys. Her great-grandmother, oh, really? her grandmother, her mother, and herself, yes.
2: Oh, Lord. So we're lucky now yeah. we only have debt. We have Darley daughter and Dolly mama. Uh, yeah. Oh. Okay. And they like so the beats.
5: Yeah. Yeah, Devin, Damon, Darren, Drake,
2: and then Dana.
5: Drake. Now, what yeah, about and, her and brothers? And then, uh, you talking about uh, Darley's? Darley's brothers, yeah. Um, I believe Darlie's
2: the only child. Oh, Could I thought wrong. she, or maybe step. Maybe stepsisters and brothers.
5: Well, no, Dar- Darlie had Dana and Danelle. Excuse me. Okay. I just sat down from yeah. break from work. Danelle's a nurse oh, now. Oh no! She's no. the one that took. Danelle's a nurse now. She's the one that took care of Drake when he was uh, when he had leukemia, and nursing oh, back Okay.
2: Role. Okay. Mm. Okay. Danielle
5: is uh, a little more vocal than Dana.
1: Mm-hmm. I
5: apologize for misquoting. Oh, okay. And there. Dar- Darren has a sister named Miranda, and uh, he's got a brother named Dion.
2: There's there's a okay. it, so, all right.
5: If I don't have everything right in front of me, I'm sitting in my work van right now, so it's a little bit different. Oh, no,
2: that's okay. That's okay. Um, And then there's Cyrilda is Darren's mother.
5: Yes, and his father's name is uh, Leonard.
2: Okay, and then Sherry Moses is... Is aunt.
5: And I thought that Sherry was one of the sisters. I thought she was Darlie Keith's sister.
2: Okay, yeah, that would make her Darlie Routier's aunt. And yeah. isn't she the one that was in the courtroom taking notes during that was, the trial? Uh,
1: Sandy. That was aunt Sandy.
2: Sandy.
1: Okay.
5: She was taking notes. She's the one who said that the judge fell asleep seventeen times, and she was the only one who saw that. The note that okay. chastise yeah, he chastised her in court for you better watch with those notes because she's going back and forth out into the
1: mm-hmm.
5: uh, out into and she he thought maybe he was she was telling him stuff.
2: well, well she very she well could have been.
5: I mean, Well I mean, she it, probably if was, it looked I mean, like you know, a duck and Well people are right. only people are only human. You know, the the people yeah. that were set to get on the stand weren't allowed to be in the courtroom.
2: So. Right. Right. Um, But they they complain about the district attorney preparing his witnesses.
5: Well, you know, the district attorney is allowed to prepare his witnesses because Mm -hmm. a lot of nurses and a lot of them have never been on the stand before, so they're Mm -hmm. up there to show them what they're going to look at, what they're going to see. But I don't think that the district attorney got them to change their testimony. Focus notes are shorthand notes right off the moment. You can use right. those notes to go later on and make a full report right so and some of the some of the focus notes look kind of iffy where they where they said that she was uh whining and and stuff like that, but then they got on the stand and said that she wasn't making you know there was no uh that she wasn't tearful
1: right but they they try to use right. those
5: focus notes again, but no one mm-hmm. impeached herself right you uh, also had an issue with the transcript that came up uh where uh Sandra Halsey admittedly thought that Darley was guilty. And mm. she messed up the transcript, you know, if you have her average, uh, you had like she had an average of 3 mistakes per page, that added up to about 33 33,000 errors and they were they were good errors. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and the difference.
2: The, ironically what she did would have co- would have gotten Darley a new trial if they had not been able to get a court reporter. To fix the mess.
1: Yeah,
5: Simmons. Uh, Simmons. Uh, Susan went Simmons. Through yeah. Some, through some of the audio, and she got it word for word. You know, and, and to date, you know, no mm-hmm. one's ever come back and said, "Well, I didn't say that. That's not what I said."
1: Mm-hmm. Or
5: where's this part? No one has challenged that.
1: You know, right. I, I
5: think it was. Uh, I think it was Judge Francis that ruled on the the transcripts, and he kind of he he kind of made the ruling and then canceled the rest of the hearing. So. To the routier key, family, it looked like he just canceled out. He made the ruling; he didn't want to argue it.
1: That's what happened Right, there. exactly. Exactly. He didn't
5: want to. And as there a, would have been
2: the, the Texas Court I mean, of Criminal Appeals found that he didn't have to have a hearing.
5: No, and I think it, that it the wasn't he a didn't weighing to,
2: of you know, it wasn't a well, I, it wasn't a situation where he weighs the evidence.
5: Well, I think it that was he was a looking situation where, based, based on the rootier key behavior. Uh, mm-hmm. and I thought that maybe he just wanted to keep that out because he didn't want to argue it because he didn't want people to be upset in his courtroom. That's that's the way I feel he may have looked at it that way. So they didn't even get to step in the courtroom. You know, they had Darren on interview while he just canceled it for no reason. Now he didn't cancel; it. he ruled on it.
2: Right, right.
5: <clears throat> well, I think the other problem is, like I said, they
2: they aren't they do not raise specific issues where the transcript, you know, this testimony is still wrong. It's not
5: correct. They, today, nobody's they keep ever saying back the transcript was
2: so bad and then they complained about how Susan Simmons went about uh reconstructing the transcript and she also she took the electronic stenographer's notes and, and, and used those that, 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 and then yeah, checked believe, it with the audio.
5: Yes, and I believe which, which that, is a
2: proper way to do it.
5: Right. That's why they audio. It, and and mm-hmm. i believe that the supporters have a, a legitimate complaint on that because <clears throat> Sandra Halsey, you know, she should have done her job great. They had a complaint, but there's not a new reason for a new new trial. They spread around on social media that she went to jail for that and she didn't. She lost her license and she got some probation. The judge did lock her in a room for a little while. And she mm-hmm. didn't. She wasn't honest. Uh put it but right. the
2: transcript- exactly that was that was more
5: the, 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 that was one transcript- reason yeah transcripts were honest. The transcripts are honest. It doesn't make any difference what she did or what she believed mm-hmm. There's no no reason for a new trial on a capital murder case now. right yeah i right. I don't think that I don't think that Darley has ever filed prosecutorial misconduct, even though on social media they say that Greg Davis is this horrible person and he just hated her because he was a blonde and wealthy mm-hmm. and they, uh, they they threw a little sexism in in into the case, but they were stating what they felt were the facts. Make pick it back up. There, darling. drop till you – shot till you drop darling. You know, some right, of the things exactly. that uh, you know, were well, – okay. Um,
2: sorry, that was where we were getting – it was June 5th and 6th, 1996. Uh, there was a lot going on in the rootier marriage and in the Routier family. Um, they were having money trouble, which, of course – the farther away from June sixth you got, the less trouble they seem to have been having. Or the less consequential well, that trouble seems to get.
1: Um well, Darren
5: picked a trade that was uh was he you know, to do the, the computer boards to uh to to read the computer boards, that can be done with a computer now. So that was something that outdated. Mm-hmm. And uh he had technique over there and it started to fail in late ninety ninety five, it was starting to decline.
1: And then mm-hmm. when
5: his car, when his he had that Jaguar, when that car broke down, that left Darlie in the house because uh, he would take her uh, car to work, work, which was something that she did not like. And right. In the house, she, she liked to go shopping. She likes to be out. So that's why you're starting to see in her journal where she's, you know, writing the things that she wrote in her journal, which is very telling to me. You know, some of the things, mm-hmm. she, I don't want my kids to wake up and see a miserable person every time they look at me. Please forgive me for uh, uh, what I'm about to do. I've been struggling for so long and people expect too much of me. Things like that were in her journal. and That's very telling to me. Yeah, <laughs> Her state of and mind. And she,
2: she did have, uh, she probably was suffering some degree of postpartum after uh, Drake's birth.
5: Yeah, and I believe that they were expecting to have a, a, a girl. They even had a D name picked out here, and I don't want to mis, misquote what the name was picked out for this little girl that they were... She was hoping mm-hmm. for a little girl.
2: Uh, and, yeah. If she,
5: yeah. And when you saw it, when I spoke to Veza, uh you know, she wanted to... At first, she wanted to hide that whole... the whole pregnancy, and, and, and they're saying... You know, a rumor has it that yeah, gotten pregnant once before and and uh in exchange for the abortion is how that Darren bought her the double E's. Now I can't verify that. But that's in I think it's in Don Davis's book about that.
2: Okay. Um uh-huh. and then Our there was baby. there was something going on, uh there there was something going on or, or Darley maybe thought something was going on between Darren and Dana.
5: Well it, it is kind of strange. Dana, Dana says that she had stayed in that house for, on and off for a couple weeks. And on that night, she says that she wanted to go and be with her boyfriend. But if you look at the statements that Darley made, Darley said that she wanted Dana to go home because she Darley wasn't feeling well. So They have a conflict mm-hmm. of why why Dana wasn't there at the house anymore. And you don't hear Darley say that she wasn't feeling well anymore in her statements except
1: right.
5: to, have, to have him take her home. And uh, apparently uh, it it shouldn't have took him as long to get her home as it did. So I think that when she came back, it started a little more of the heat uh, with the arguing. And you can look in some of the court cases and some of the videos I got up in the old uh, archive photos. You can see Dana sitting with Darren during the court hearing. And the word is, Mm. you know, I can't verify this, that Darla Key caught wind of that and had them, you know, not sit with each other. But there is rumor of okay. that. There is rumor right. of inappropriateness with them.
2: And they fought right before Darren took Drake up and went to bed.
5: Yeah, according to what uh, Darren's affidavit was that came out in, I believe, 2005, he had an affidavit that said that they had words and that she had asked him for a separation that night. Right. Right, and uh, I don't think that Darley... Clarifies that in any of her statements anywhere, but Darren Darren says that he had asked for a separation.
0: And when I spoke to his right. mother
5: uh, on YouTube, she said to me that Darren had stopped loving Darley a long time ago. And she also told me that Darley had sent him divorce papers three times before he actually signed them in 2011.
2: Okay, so, All so right. that kind
5: of clarifies that, that that maybe they were having. And, and you know, and I was watching the show. Uh, I think it's called Dead Again. And that one, the one detective he noted that she had her wedding ring off and it was sitting in there with the other 14 pieces of jewelry. Mm-hmm. And the wedding ring being off and her downstairs. She had been downstairs sleeping on that couch for about a week. So that tells me there's something going on with the marriage. Exactly. Exactly. And one of the other problems with
2: Darlie and Darren is that they can't seem to keep their stories straight because within days they were each giving inconsistent statements.
5: Yeah, and well, their and behavior at the, 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 the grave site. Yes, the, the, the grave site interview that they did for KXAS, the full one, not just the one that you see clips of. I've got the full one on my YouTube. They were just, I mean, they did not seem like somebody who had just lost two children eight days ago, smiling, mm-hmm. and, and, and I mean, it just did not seem like. Right. And when Darren came on the last defense, yeah, i I I wonder if you've seen that show the last weekend when Darren spoke out again. Yeah, he was saying that uh, uh the, the attorney Robert Lausch, I believe, who's Kathy who was Kathy Cruz's husband at the time. Puts this piece of paper in him in front of him and asked him to sign it. You know, saying that uh he that Darren set up this insurance scam and he you know, he asked multiple people to break into his home. You know, and, and Darren's response was, "So I signed it. I did it for Darley. That's what he uh-huh. said in the last defense. You know, so he's it right. he, i don't think that that show helped her.
1: <laughs> I don't think show well, helped it her only helped
2: her in getting it helped her in getting some of the propaganda out there, but it also hurt her because, again, the the inconsistencies and you know, Darley would have known about the insurance scam. So well,
5: Begia, when she I should have to told Begia, her attorneys about it. Apparently, yeah, Begia, he had done
2: it with the Jaguar.
5: Yeah, she. They had. A, he had a white Jaguar before he had the black one, and and mm-hmm. he, you can see on my YouTube where I spoke with Beja, and Beja was telling me that Darley knew all about that, and Darley knew yeah. all about the the robbery through the home because they asked her to help. These are things that uh-huh. Beja did not say on the stand, though. She she she, she right. could. Have, she she should have. But I asked her why she didn't divulge this, and she said, "I only wanted to answer the questions that I was asked."
2: You know, that is is how you're supposed to testify. That is correct.
5: Well, yeah, right. But again,
2: Darlie knew about all the Darren stuff. She should have told Mulder at Al about all those things.
5: Well, the the agreement was that she chose not to. You that Mulder couldn't go after Darren, and I believe that he wanted to. I believe that that's the only way he was gonna save his client is to you know, to cast reasonable doubt because of Darren. But they didn't want him to go after Darren. They didn't for some reason they didn't want him to go after Darren. A lot of people say it's a little Well no, Darley
2: doing... Key and Darren didn't want him to go after Darren.
5: Right. Right. But well, yeah, they did mm-hmm.
2: I don't I don't know that Mulder ever really and and yeah, sure Mulder didn't have to go after him, but she had three other attorneys. Right. Any one yeah, of them could have gone after him.
1: I,
5: I, they didn't. Yeah, that's like I'm saying. They didn't. I
2: don't, they, I for don't some think. Reason they wanted to keep him out. I, I'm saying, I don't think Darley wanted to go after Darren.
5: She her statement was
2: I think that. Darley yeah. thought she could charm or con the jury into an acquittal.
5: Yeah. Well, the jury was very smart when they took that full-size picture of Devin and Damon and placed it in front of her. When she was giving her testimony, they were hoping to see some kind of reaction, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't see a reaction to that picture at all. As a, as a matter of fact, I believe that it was Toby Shook that was up there uh, doing a cross, and when she called him liar, liar, liar on the stand, so she got cocky on the stand. She couldn't even. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to. You have to. You know, you're on trial for your life here. That's the last thing you want. That's the last thing you want to do is be cocky show your anger. The jury wanted to see that, so and they yeah. wanted to see a reaction with the picture, and they didn't. And then, you know, then you had the one, the one juror, Charlie Sanford, whom I got something up on YouTube with him too. uh, He says that he didn't see the pictures of the bruises that were on her arms. And had he saw those Mm -hmm. pictures of the bruises, he would have voted in a different way. Well, even if he didn't see them, it doesn't matter because they were placed in evidence. They were looked at. Other jurors said that they were looked at, that they saw them and Mm -hmm. they were discussed in detail. The bruising was discussed. So if Charlie Sanford wasn't paying attention, then that's on him, right? He came. He came exactly. back later, and he wanted. He wanted to uh, renege on his his vote, but his affidavit that he put out there says doesn't say anything about him not seeing the bruises.
1: Mm-hmm. So what
5: happened? With, what happened with Charlie Sanford is that he, he got to become friendly with Darla Key. That's that's that's, it, that's what happened. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And yeah, he, that's not un that's not unusual. No, um, no. I've I've followed and researched a lot of criminal cases, and I've seen that a few, quite a few times. Yeah, across now, Darke,
1: different cases. Darkey,
5: Darke, Darke I started on this years ago, and I supported Darley because I believe that Darren, Darren was a shady. But it, that was before I was, I looked in depth into the the facts of the case, and I supported her for a long time, and then when I left support, I did it publicly. Uh, her mother and some of the other supporters weren't real happy about that, so they, they've,
1: mm-hmm.
5: been they've been trashing me for use. They've been trashing me for use. know, uh, uh, One of the main reasons I left support is because Darley Key continuously told us lies. She told us lies, and I keep catching her in them, and I was wondering, you know, the purpose of a lie is to cover up the truth, and that's w- that's why I left support. So Darley Key took a notion to publicly accuse me of this crime. 'Cause she knows that I have Texas roots. She, she wanted she told me she wanted to compare my fingerprint to eighty five J. So that put me on a mission to a mission to dive into this case more than I've in some other cases. You know, I also support Travis Alexander and Jordan Davis mm-hmm. and Cooper Harris and Halo Stutzman and there are some people that I felt were innocent in the, in, from the get go, like David Cam and Hannah Overton. So, but I focus more on the Darley case because the the, the supporters are just uh they're just vicious, and, and I get vicious back, uh, and uh, so that, you know they don't care for me for that.
2: They, mm-hmm. uh, they, they probably. Kind of, I've, I've dealt with West Memphis three supporters, so. It's, I'm surprised. surprised they are the them have
5: I'm surprised, I'm surprised that none of those supporters have called in. <clears throat>
1: Thanks for your show. Time. Yeah.
5: Yeah, because yeah, well, I posted it on my page yeah I, I did everything you. publicly with i do i do everything publicly with my name and
1: some of her supporters mm-hmm.
5: they have fake names and stuff like that and they're just they some of them most of them are just good people who believe that she's innocent and there's just nothing you can say to them to change their mind, which is fine
1: but right. when they
5: get nasty when they get nasty about it that's 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 what's uh judging and that's, that's, that's the thing time. that i that's the thing that I don't
2: like. I'm entitled to form my own opinion and express my own opinion. I Mm -hmm. respect your opinion. Yes, I may provide you with additional information that you might not have been aware of, but if you don't want to pay any attention to that information, that's fine with me. I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to threaten you. I'm not going to pretend I know who you are and where you live. And that's what I see a lot <clears throat> in in these advocates for people who have been convicted, rightfully or wrongfully.
5: I've had less it's, problems with Jody Arias supporters than I have with Darley supporters. Jody Arias supporters, and you know, I don't know if you ever had to do, deal with any of them. But they're just out there saying that she's innocent. I, you know, right. they've never person they've never personally attacked me like. Darley supporters do and I, and I you know I sent a J-Pay to Darley not too long ago and I, and I told her I said "These some of these people that you have supporting you are just making
1: you you're innocent
5: they're making you look guilty because of of, of association of course she mm-hmm. doesn't respond to me anymore she, I used to write back to her when, when I was a supporter right but, my, but I my, my when Darley Key came out and you know she's When she accused me of the crime she set me in motion to look more into the facts i don't want to debate with somebody if i don't have the facts and if if they catch me on something like at the beginning you know the beginning here i I misquoted i'll come back and i'll say well i misquoted you were correct Mm -hmm. the early supporters the early supporters will tell you you know uh, the guy next door glenn mize did it uh yeah, you know, the Grove Street gang, Chad Patterson did it. Uh, I mean, they'll tell you anything, anything but Darley. Everybody was out to get mm-hmm. Darley. Exactly. i exactly. I was fortunate enough I was enough to be able to speak to one of the nurses. I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to speak to two of the detectives. Uh these these people did not want their conversations related. And I get a lot of that. People will come and talk to me in their close to the case and they say, Well, don't put it out there. But right. it, it, it gives me insight.
2: Mm-hmm. Well they I can't just, yeah. they have to be careful because something they say to you, if you record it and then it, it becomes public, they can release right. know, know yeah. defense, can twist it and say it's mm-hmm. new evidence. Um if you're familiar right. with Rodney Reed, right. Uh he's oh, also, he's he. on death row in Texas.
5: Yeah, I know um, he is. I, I speak I speak a lot with uh Quincy McNeil, who's one of his attorneys. I believe he's innocent as well. Oh, uh, no. So that's a different, well, that's just a different story. <laughs> I don't know that case. No. As, I'll, give you the, I'll give you this. I don't know that case as well as I know the Darley's case. But from, from what I can see, you know, that's – but if I dug deeper into it, I may change my opinion. And if Darley's, if Darley's case would show me a smoking gun and she didn't do it, show me proof of an intruder, show me that yeah. someone else did this besides her, I'd be the first one to say, hey, you know what, I was wrong. Because we don't want somebody to die for something they didn't do, right? I'd be the first one to say that I was wrong, you know. And I come up, I come up like even in the show, the last defense, when when uh, Epstein and Labor came on there and showed uh, the, about the blood splatter, and Tom Bevel came on. Well, he was swinging his hand, arm all the way back and down, hmm. all the way back. So, and then Labor and Epstein did it, and they weren't doing it that way. And I said, you know, what? they might have a point. Because if they were, to, if she was stabbing the way that Labor and Epstein showed it, then it would not the cast off wouldn't have got on her back. And I pose things like right. that, and sometimes the nons are get it. What are you changing your mind? I don't even know. You know, this is something that's that's interesting in the case. You know, why does Bevel have to throw his hand all the way back like that? What if she didn't do it that way? Who says she did it that way?
2: Well, I think that uh, it seems to me that you know Bevel's in order for it to get. On her back, and it was on her back. Yes, it was. She would have had yeah, to Bevel. raise her arm to where Bevel was raising his arm. Labor and the other guy, are they're trying to basically say Bevel's full of crap. Bevel writes you, that's the book not arm, how you stab class. somebody. Pardon? Yeah. Bevel
5: bevel writes the book Bevel on blood is spider, one of the
2: he, bevel is one of the foremost experts
5: on blood wrote, now he but see um, they, they go back to some of the some of the cases where he's made mistakes, like in the David Cairn case with Charles Bonnet. He made mistakes you know, well that uh, and, that's uh, going to
2: happen to anybody
5: right, but mostly bevel's been right he
2: <clears throat> Bevel's mistakes were not you know that's going to happen to anybody. The mistakes in the cam case were because it is interpretation and you yeah. don't know how something actually
5: happened. No. You're right. I always I believe you in weren't the there. God God. Yeah. yeah. I believe it's still
2: I am I am still torn on that one.
5: Well, well when I David Cameron came out of prison when he, when he came out of prison, uh I want to, I, I'm trying to remember this guy. Bill Clutter. Have you ever heard of investigating <laughs> innocence? Bill Clutter hired David Cam to work the Darley case and show that she was innocent. And these supporters were posting this everywhere. Oh, we're mm-hmm. going to up the bar, and David Cam's going to show that she's innocent, blah, blah, blah. That was 2013, and we haven't heard of him from him since.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Right. And so, but Cam's a cop. <laughs> So he knows that she's not innocent. He's looked at her case, and and, in my opinion, he's looked at her and said, there's no way she's guilty. I mean, she's guilty. Right. But as long as they're out there spreading these lies, I mean, they spread flat lies, like you can't cut a screen with a serrated knife. Mm -hmm. Mm Dolly Keith said that. It's actually – Dolly Keith
2: said you can't cut a screen with a knife with a round end.
5: Yeah, she said it was a serrated and knife. Why and why would she
2: it. get a bread knife and not use a different knife?
5: Ask oh, well, you know, they, they say that, supporters say that she <laughs> had that serrated knife out because that she was going to cut the bread ties off the bread. That's the supporters yeah
1: mm-hmm. right. I have
5: Now, Beja was telling me that she came over to the house on uh, June the 5th. She came over to the house that day, just, you know, and when she got there, Darren and Darley were already arguing. She was in the kitchen making that large chicken noodle dinner that Darla says she was making. And that they were arguing. She said that Darla was literally sharpening her knives. She said that she went outside, out in the back where the steam area was, and Damon was out there playing with the sticks by himself. And she said that Damon came up to her, and he said, I want to spend the night with you tonight. And Beja asked her, well, why? Why would you want it? I have to work in the morning, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he said, well, Mommy's being mean to me. This is what mm-hmm. Bayesian said. I can't bear to verify this, but she said that and and that kind of you know, it's kind of go back and look at some of the pictures of Damon. You know, he doesn't always look as happy as Devin. Right. I mean, there's, there's a few of them. Devin was always uh, happy and outgoing. There was a few pictures of Damon where he just didn't look like he was that happy. And see, when I talked to Bayesian, somebody that was there and that saw this stuff, and she tells me all this stuff, I feel like I got an insight on it. And, and of course, there's she she might not be... She, we can't verify anything she says, but I know that Bayes never spoke out on the case after the trial until I got a hold of her and she, she chose to talk to me. Right.
1: And, uh, right.
5: She she clarified a lot of things. She said that Darren was cheating on Dolly. Dolly was cheating on him. There was a lot of drug use. Uh, you know, cocaine. Uh, there was uh, I mean, basically, just put it all out now Now they hate her. They 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 harass her to the point where she won't talk about it anymore. Yeah, that's uh, a
2: shame.
5: They say they say that she was jealous of Darlie. Well, she was their friend for nine years. I mean, she was her bridesmaid. Uh, she worked with them over at Colplex and she helped them get Tesniac together. She was jealous of her. She probably just stayed away from her. You know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well no, that's it. again, that's the mentality. If you uh, yeah. if you say anything negative or or you say anything that puts Jody Arias or Darley in a bad light, then you're jealous. Oh yeah. Yeah. George
1: because Barrow, they're you so beautiful
2: George... and so
5: intelligent and so I don't you know. think that uh, I don't think Darley is as beautiful as they say she is. And then Jody just looks kind of, I mean they're just not my type. Of, no. I mean I don't see it <laughs> the way they see it. I feel I felt sorry for Darlie when I supported her. I never felt, felt sorry for Jody Harris because she's she you know, he didn't want her and she wasn't gonna let nobody else have it. So that's what
1: happened.
5: Yeah. But there yeah. are some criminals. There are some criminals out there. You know, like 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 the men will get you know groupies, uh that want to write to them. And, Stuff like that, and, you know. I'm I'm friends with somebody that uh, that uh, got involved trying to help a, an inmate with a uh, with his appeal, and they ended up having a child together. She was in the uh, the movie Into the Abyss, uh, uh, Jason Burkett's wife. But as far okay. as, as far as, as far as uh, I don't know if there was an uh, interestingly looking female criminal right now. I don't know, Shannon Hubers. <laughs> She's pretty attractive, uh, but she's in that case, too. But they always they always uh, yeah. accuse me of having some kind of attraction towards Darlie, which I I never did. Yeah. Never, well, no, I, if I seen her, on, I wouldn't look twice at her. <laughs> I
2: I saw a meme many years ago, and I, I'm probably misquoting it. And it said something like, the reason men don't notice the bat crack crazy in the eyes is because of the boobies.
5: Yeah, well... Some men. <laughs> Some men. But I, I've been on um, a mission to yeah, – my mission is to stop the lies that they tell, and I follow social media, and they follow everything that I do. When I catch them posting a lie, I'll re, repost it and put the truth out, and uh, supporters just – they refuse to debate with me. I, I mean, I mm-hmm. when I, as a supporter for Darley, I wasn't able to debate because it, the facts just don't support her innocence. Now, the facts support mm-hmm. – her guilt and if you know them it's easy to it's easy to debate this case i believe that she was convicted justly i don't think greg davis went out of his way to uh i don't think he did anything that was uh that would qualify as misconduct even though they they Cyrillo told me you know greg davis never talked to any of us oh well that's because prosecutors don't normally talk to the defendant's family correct <laughs> <All right. laughs> i mean that's, that's exactly. his protocol It's just protocol, you know, and then, you know, and I've been in this for quite a while. Darley's not the only case, you know, it's usually uh, children, you know, and uh, in 2017, my son was charged with murder, Um, and he killed a two-year-old little boy, and uh, he got life in prison, and so they're using that to try to upset me somehow you know i'm not responsible it's very disappointing that he could do something like that but -hmm. you're not going to catch me out here making up lies to make him look innocent when i know he's guilty Now, before he before he went to trial i was on the side of hey he's innocent Mm
1: -hmm. but after
5: the trial was over and i studied all the evidence like i do in all the other cases i come to the conclusion he's guilty of that crime too and they they use that they started a group for this for the little boy the victim in that case it was all Darley supporters. And you know, I was telling, I mean, you're gonna use the death of another child to kill the message that I had. I said, But you're not gonna right. catch me because my son did what he did. He deserves to do the time that he's going to do. It's very disappointing, it's very sad, but you're not gonna catch me out here Darley keying it, asking for people for money, uh, making up stories about why he is innocent because I know he's guilty.
1: Mhm.
5: I you still know, love I... my son, so i I kind of feel how darky you might may, might feel.
2: Right. But my my mom loved me and my sisters very much, but if one of us committed a crime, she would be the first one to send us to prison. And
4: if, if she you, knew about good. it
2: because you know, she had a very clear right and wrong. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and you do you you know, you take responsibility for your actions. Even Absolutely, if it's criminal
5: liability. Yeah, my son went on the run for a day because he was afraid to go talk to the police, and I took the police to him, and I'm the one that turned him in, and that's documented.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: <clears throat> and even then, I kept telling you know there was a chance that someone else could have committed this crime, and I, I hung on to that until they took him to trial, and I sat through the right the, the trial, and you know I'm just not gonna. I'm uh, it's the, last, the last, you know, that's something that I totally hate. Someone that can hurt a child. And then when I had it happening to my own family, boy, those Darley supporters—they just jumped right on it. And you'll see on some of the com- comments on my YouTube. Well, what about your son? Why don't you focus on him? Why are you going to focus on him? He got life in prison. I mean, what, you know, I, all I can do is be his dad. But I, I'm trying to yeah. stop somebody that did do something. That's saying they didn't do this. What? 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 My family. You know, Darley darling supporters always have tried to kill the messenger. Always. Mm-hmm. always. From Kerrville days. I mean, they ch- they would chase the. The <laughs> they had to leave a different way, you know. And mm-hmm. They've always tried to kill the messenger. They tell people, "Don't listen to him. Don't watch his videos." Well, if you it's watch bullying. my videos and get it, yeah. yeah, I put it, it out it's there. Bullying. I mean, and, yeah. that, and thats what it, they were. I've
2: I've seen the one. Um, I don't know. I don't know which of the DAs or who it was, but he said something along the lines of, "I'm not going to be interviewed by this trailer
5: trash." That was Norm King. Yeah, he rests his soul. He was he was giving an interview and he was saying, Well the evidence shows us that there was no intruder and Darla Key was mm-hmm. standing off to the back. She goes, That's a lie and you know it And she goes, You come down here, it's a it's a political move and he was inter he was interrupting her interview. So he turned around and said, Well, you know what, I'm just not gonna interview you in front of this trailer trash And he had to publicly mm-hmm. apologize for doing that, even though she jumped in his interview and called him a liar. Yeah, and that's yeah, the other thing that I've
2: found in my in my years is the people who kind of want to scream liar, liar, liar yeah. are the ones who are really doing lying.
5: Yeah, and, you know, when I, when I first was speaking with Cyrilda, the first thing she said was, I'm not going to lie to you. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you the truth. And if you watch that, mm-hmm. the whole thing is, I mean, it's kind of long, but I do trip her up a couple different times without I, disrespecting her.
2: I did. I listened to that one. And, um, I listened to the, the with the juror, Mr. Sanford.
5: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there were went, a couple well, other
2: ones.
5: They gave me crap uh, about, uh, they said that you led Sanford to believe that you were a supporter. No, I did not. I said, I'm doing this for the supporters because they kept posting, well, we need to get a hold of Sanford, see what he really said. Mm-hmm. But I took it upon myself to do it. And, uh, I can see you know sanford is he's not the brightest individual he's a really nice guy, but you can tell that he's got some kind of uh disability there, and I can see why they would latch onto him and try and get him to change his mind
1: uh, mm-hmm. after
5: the trial after the trials uh Sanford was convicted for animal abuse. <clears throat> you can look that up and find it yourself, but he also said that uh yeah they they he said they flew us out to New York and we did that show The View. And The View has never done a spot on Darley. Never. He said they – so, you know, he's a little off. The nicest guy in the world. But I think that that Darkey got to him and played on his uh, lack of intellect.
2: You know, it's possible – it's entirely possible that they may have been planning on doing something, and then there was some problem – with you know something happened during the week that it was supposed to air and so they didn't air it because i think they do tape a lot of things that don't ever see the light of day
1: well
5: i like i said that when i contacted them i told them i wanted to see any oh, okay. any of the old footage i asked them if there had any old footage of some of those shows that and they, they were, I was told they never did anything on Darley Routier's case. Okay. But Hi. Samper could have been a little, he could have been a little mixed up. But yeah, I do know the shows, like the Lisa show was all set up. I mean, those people in the audience were, they weren't just audience members. They were producers.
1: Mm-hmm. And, stuff. The Lisa. Mm-hmm. and there's
5: a couple of things on the Lisa show that didn't look good for them either. You know, where Lisa said, uh, is it true that one of the night the boys was stabbed so hard that that the knife went through his body and into the concrete below and Key and Darren were going, Oh yeah, yeah. But that's not true because there was Mm -hmm. no in and out wound on Devin. And then, uh, Barb Davis was on that show. She's the one that wrote the book, uh, precious angels. Right. But now, I mean that if you, if you want to see her guilt, you'll see it in that book. But, uh, they had her on there and, uh, was telling her, we're going to sue you right on that show. And then she comes back in the next Mm -hmm. hit. And she she believes Darley's innocent now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, Barb, yeah, Barb Davis and is one who, she's a good, strong supporter for Darley now. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. What do you know about the picture of Darley's arm that showed the deep, dark bruising? Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned it earlier because Mr. Sanford claimed he never saw it. But there was testimony, and wasn't the wasn't the gist of the testimony that that bruising actually appeared to be older than the date of the murders?
5: Yes, it, uh, I believe it was Dr. Santos that testified that he didn't believe that those bruises came from any event that occurred on six six ninety six. The pictures that you the pictures that you do see of her were four days after she got out of the hospital, and they were taken at the rally. Uh mm-hmm. If you look at the pictures of her laying in the bed. Uh, you can see a little bruising around the cut on her arm. Uh, Cirilla Bye. says that well, she lifted up her gown. She had bruises all over her body, all the way up to her nipple. There's nothing documented that she had any bruises on her body anywhere. The nurses were saying that they didn't see the bruises, and some of the doctors were saying that they didn't see the bruises. So mm-hmm. a lot of us have a lot of us have the theory that uh, Darren helped her get those bruises uh, somehow, or she did it right. herself. But there was uh, there was testimony about the bruising. Uh, Barb Davis came out in uh, in one of the shows, and she finally admitted, yes, they did send those pictures back to the jury. But her excuse was, but they weren't going to look at them. They were mixed in with a thousand other things. Well, mm-hmm. in her, you know, she she says, well, I never saw those bruises, but you know, that, that's why she changed her mind. She said she never saw those bruises before, but she writes about those bruises in Precious Angels.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: She, did, she, she fails to realize that. Barb Davis is one of her biggest supporters now. In uh, 1999, her house was raided because she was selling the drug, GHB, the, the drug, and they shot and killed her son. Yeah, you know, Chris, well, I read about
1: deck. that. I read about that. <clears throat> I've, I,
5: I've had, I don't know, I think that she changed her mind because they threatened to sue her. And then oh,
1: you have Chris Brown, Briss Brown.
5: Chris Brown's book, Media Tried Justice Deny," that's just full of photoshops and guesstimations and, and you know, the, mm-hmm. the supporters, they use that as a Bible for her innocence. Right. But as long as I'm alive, I'm going to continue to do the best that I can to show the truth in the case. For one, I feel like I was duped by Darley's supporters because I was one of them for all the years and I believed in that and then or two, they've come after me. and They've attacked me personally, and you—you know, you don't accuse somebody of killing two kids. You just don't do that, and expect them to remain quiet. So I go through the proper channels, right. and get the facts, and be like, "Look, not only did I not do this, no intruder did this either." Mm-hmm. And if they would, you know, if they weren't, wouldn't be so nasty. About it, I would still support, but I, mean, I probably wouldn't be as as as, as vocal about her guilt, well, right? Were you able to now,
1: reach Pamela the,
5: Collins?
2: Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, she – pardon me. <clears throat> she is going to try to call in as well, hopefully.
1: Um, yeah, well, With us being a live really
2: show, was... it's kind of difficult because we go live yeah. and we don't use recorded interviews. So. Right. Uh, what yeah. about the 911 call? Because I've read okay. some interesting uh, – interesting – interpretations of especially one section in which Darley seems to be trying to convince Darren that she did not do this.
5: Somebody came in here and intentionally did this, Darren.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Her whole mood changed. If you listen to her, in the, for, before she said that, she was upset. She was crying. She was hysterical. She's aware she's being reported. But when Darren came down here, she, down she was like, I don't even know who would do this. It seemed to me that Darren was accusing her. And her whole yeah. demeanor changed. Then she goes, There's nothing touched. Well, who cares if there's anything touched? Mm-hmm. If your, your kids are touched. And then you right. can hear later, there's another spot in the clip uh, where you, it sounds like Darren saying, Oh my God, when are they going to be here? It sounds like he's saying that, but if you slow that down and listen to it a little bit, it sounds like he's saying, Oh my God, Blake came in here. And there, you know, it, it, it the 911 call is open for interpretation, but that that clip where she said someone came in here and intentionally did it, Darren, mm-hmm. you could tell she was you could tell she was snapping at him,
1: you could tell right. she was
5: angry, and it would right. it, just only be logical that Darren Darren probably you know Darren came down those stairs and he had no clue that she would do mm-hmm. that, even though she, so and he was stuck. He sat on that curb for 30 minutes. They wouldn't let him in the ambulance. He knew that his kids were gone. He didn't know that if his wife was going to live or not. And I, I don't think he wanted to lose her, and so he just believed what she was saying and added to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And added to it. A lot of people say that he was the one that ran that sock down the alley, but the blood drops by the, his Reeboks with the tongues out by the front door are Darley's.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <coughs> right. Right, and I was, I was looking at a it's one of the states exhibits that shows the blood pattern in the living room kitchen area. And um I mean the couch where Darley's laying when she's allegedly has her throat cut has none of her blood on it.
1: Well it, there's it, a little tiny said,
2: spot where her feet would have been
5: uh-huh.
2: that is a mixture of hers and Damon.
5: Yeah, they say that there was but, a handprint of Damon's on the couch and that when the when the officer sprayed they saw the print and then it disappeared well Greg Davis re- re- released that couch back to the family and they mm-hmm. cleaned it up and sold it they mm-hmm. cleaned it up and sold it for her, and now they're saying well why did he give that back to us he knew we would sell it
4: <laughs>
5: I mean really how did he we better get rid of this evidence just give it to the defendant's family because so, I know they would right. sell it
2: well, you know, I think that's something a lot of people don't understand as well. Different agencies are going to have different storage facilities, policies, and procedures. That couch, once they took samples from the couch, photographed the couch from as many angles as they wanted, and then they had no more need for the couch.
1: No. Nope. So they returned they to it, to it to the, the person who
2: owns the couch.
5: They weren't going to bring the court, the court into the court into the courtroom. They weren't going to do that, you know. Right. Greg uh, Davis I'm had so, an impeccable record. If if someone killed someone uh, in my family, I'd want him to prosecute.
2: You in know. I, I <laughs> sometimes I wonder uh, if Darlie has any attorneys that she can talk to, because I would expect some of the attorneys that have been involved with Darlie Routier... Talk to Darlie Key and explain to her that some of these, some of the things that she says that Davis did wrong, are just
1: cool. so
2: outlandish for anybody that knows just a little bit about the legal system.
5: Well, like we he case never talks to you. us. You know. Well, well of course he to. never talks to you. And and then they go on about why they only charged her with Damon's Damon's death. And it's true. They they only charged her with Damon's death because that got the maximum penalty. That's what he's supposed to do.
1: Mm-hmm. They could have
5: charged her with both of their deaths and then let her do life in prison and die and then dig her back up and then execute her. But right. they keep saying, well, she wasn't charged with Devin's death, so blah, blah, blah.
1: The whole,
5: the opening was about Devin and, De- Devin and Damon. Everything mm-hmm. in the case was about Devin and Damon. The closing was about Devin and Damon. Yeah. He didn't right. need. There's some of them out there saying, "Well, she's not in that, Nobody's ever been held accountable for Devin's death." Well, n- legally, yeah. Legally, no one's ever right. been punished for that. But you know, that like that's, of, that's
2: yeah. my. I'm sorry, Michael and I, you know, briefly discussed that, and it may have been because Damon's was capital murder just based on Damon's age.
5: Right, and they that, wouldn't that, have that to prove
2: premeditation.
5: And then another um, part of this strategy, another part of this strategy would be: if let's say she got off on a technicality because of Damien's death, then they still had damage they could pick back up. Correct. That's strategy. That's how you That's convict correct. somebody that you know killed someone. That's how you do it. Right. It is the
2: right way to do it. A first trial can result in an acquittal, but a second trial, you know where the defense is
5: going to yep. go. Yeah, you got more, and you time, can, yep, you know, you are. Yep, it's
1: yeah, it's very exactly. slick. So, and
5: exactly. And, and while I'm here, Darren's affidavit about it came out in 2005, where he said he asked his father-in-law to help him uh, burglarize the home. You notice Darren never names any names of the people he allegedly asked to break in his home. If you think mm-hmm. that this person could have killed your child, then you need to you need to bring it to break it up. Yeah, you need you, right. need you need to bring that name up. So what I got, I have to get back in here to work. I'm glad that you're doing your show, and I'm going to follow it a little more. I have to get back in here to work. They gave me a little bit of time to speak to you because they know that this, this is important to me. And Thank, I'm you glad so that for... you Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, yep. And you can stay in touch with me email if you choose to ever revise this case at some other point in time.
2: We may. You know, if there's a new development, we definitely will. Uh, put the show on the schedule
5: well, So thank you so much it. for
2: joining us
5: Yep, thank you And keep doing what you do Thanks, have bye a bye great bye. night You do bye bye-bye.
3: Wow That was a lot of information Coming very quick And it was very good information I'm definitely glad uh, he called in And I believe, and Lisa Correct me if I'm wrong uh, I believe that we've got another caller Here and it may be this uh, the other lady that you had Pamela. Said, uh Pamela I, Great. I was trying to avoid saying the name But uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring her on uh, Caller can you hear us
6: I sure can Hi how are you guys doing tonight Hi very well how are you I'm doing fine thanks I'm Is nervous this Pamela I'm nervous. I'm nervous
2: Oh why are you nervous
6: Just um, better at writing than public speaking of any kind, but we'll pull through.
2: Okay, of course. It's just a conversation.
6: Exactly.
2: You know. Um, So we were talking about, um, before we talked to Mr. Brian St. John, and you all can find him on YouTube, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, St. S T. John, J-O-H-N. He has a channel. He has a lot of informative videos. If you have time, go ahead and take some time and take a look at that. All right, so we were talking about... um, We're still talking about June 5th and 6th of 1996, and we kind of talked about the Routier's money troubles, the tension between Dolly and Darren, and then Mm -hmm. the murders of Devin and Damon It occurred very early in the morning. Both boys were viciously stabbed. Uh, Devin in the torso, Damon in the back. Darlie's injuries were not as severe as her son's. No, not at all. She had a a superficial stab wound in the shoulder, Mm -hmm. a superficial wound on one of her arms, and then a superficial wound to the neck that, while it may have only been two millimeters from an artery, didn't damage any of the underlying tissue
4: right. or
2: structures in her throat. Right. Which mine is giving me trouble today. So, um, and then, you know, we talked about the 911 call. The signs of staging at the crime scene. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what uh what was found or what wasn't found and who found it and when they okay. uh, went to the house?
6: Yeah, the um, the problem with the the staging or I guess uh, what led investigators um to believe that uh the blood evidence was a huge factor. Um like in front of the sink you can see where what looks like, if you uh, you talked about there not being uh, appreciable blood on the couch where she said she was laying, mm-hmm. there's drops on top of drops, drops, drops right there in front of that sink. And you know right. for this, investigators to believe this is where she covers her throat. They also mm-hmm. found signs of cleanup there. Um, not only that, but the floor in front of the sink, leading from the sink to the living room, where she and Darren both say she ran back and forth several times, wetting towels. By this time, her arm is bleeding, her neck is bleeding. Mm -hmm. Look at that floor from in front of that sink. There's a set of footprints leading out. um, And a big open spot there where looks like what she did was laid that vacuum cleaner there and then uh, did what she did to her neck Stepped over the vacuum cleaner and out into the living room, broke that glass, and then
1: mm-hmm.
6: for Darren. But there's, yeah. there's blood spots there also to where, I mean, you you think about somebody in a frantic situation and they're running back and forth. She's actively bleeding,
0: and they're mm-hmm. running
6: back and forth. She's wetting towels. You know, you've got water. Water is going to drip. I don't imagine her standing there carefully wringing out towels. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a hectic thing. She's running back and forth. The floor in front of that just absolutely proves that she's lying. You also have the sock, that sock that was found down the alley. Mm -hmm. Uh, I personally don't think that that sock was a staging effort on her part, Um, it was a big risk for her to take. There Mm -hmm. is uh, blood from both boys on the sock. On the outside, on the inside, is her skin cell DNA in the toe, and not mm-hmm. one drop of her blood on that software. She wants you to believe that was used, you know, in this attack, where most of the blood on that scene, all over the place, is hers,
1: mm-hmm. but not
6: one exactly. And it it just it leads me to believe that it was more an act of desperation than staging. And Greg Davis even brought that up in his closing arguments. But they felt that she was trying to dissociate it. Um, yes. That's a long way to run. It was 75 yards. And you just think if, you know, she's in a panic, she's doing this because she feels like she has to do it. She has to get rid of that sock. Um, I imagine that 75 yards felt like a million miles to her. Mm-hmm. And. So I just, I just, could. I've always felt like she was just trying to get rid of that. To her, it it pointed to her guilt, and she had to get rid of it. If it was a party staging, she could have thrown it in the garage, um, mm-hmm. out in the backyard, you know, anywhere like that, and not have risk being seen.
2: Could she have thrown it from inside her yard?
6: Not as far, to, it was three to houses down from her Okay. House, from the back okay. of
2: the house. Okay. Okay. All right, so she would have had to go out and she would have do it. But she, could have, she could have done all that before she called 911 or, or summoned Tarrant.
6: Right. There's, That's another exactly. factor
2: that people don't take into account.
6: Exactly. There are some things, you know, elements of the, you know, like the lampshade that was, um, you know, knocked off the shade and was just sitting askew up there. Uh, little things like that that was done that um cutting the screen even all of that could have been mm-hmm. done before anybody was even hurt, the boys or her, but that sock her blood not being on that sock is a big deal that tells investigators just another indicator of her guilt tells investigators that, that she took that sock down there before she was injured, even if. Right. Uh, Cooper lists that as crucial. They really want to find her blood on that sock, although I really don't think even if they did, it would make that big a difference. But, I mean, so far, um, nothing of hers on there except her DNA inside the toe.
2: Right. And, and there's, you know, there's. she could have cut her, her hand, her arm, in the attack on Devin or, da- or, da- or Damon. True. Because there's Her blood in proximity with their bodies and their blood. So Mm -hmm. um, I downloaded a crime scene, uh, an exhibit that shows the dots of Darley's blood and the dots with uh, Devin and Damon's blood. Right. And, um, And then there's some on the, looks like at the sink, there's some blood from Devin and Damon at the sink. Which you know she wouldn't have blood from Devin and Damon at the sink unless she was washing a knife that was used, right? Or and attempting do, to wash a knife, or attempting to wash off her hands,
6: right? I and I, I do believe that's what happened too. I do believe that she she washed that knife, and um, you know we're nobody's going to be able to lay out every single thing and exactly the way everything happened, but her blood, not one drop of her blood on that sock is damning, and she can't get past mm-hmm. that.
2: Correct. Correct. And, um, you know, I've seen criticism of Mr. Cron, mm-hmm. I believe it's within Bennett Cron, yes, that, man. you know, he, he came to his decision about the, the crime scene being staged within 20 minutes of getting to the house. But, Based on his factors mm-hmm. that he relied on to, to form his opinion, mm-hmm. there's criticism that he didn't wait for any testing to be done, that he well, came to the snap judgment. But everything was observational. Exactly. Everything the, was, you know, the, this, the dust on the windowsill. Yeah,
6: the, yeah,
4: yeah. He's,
6: not, he's been on this job for many years you know, doing this kind of work uh, for many years. I mean, it's not like he had no experience. I mean, it's just like um, a a parent walking in and a child telling you one thing, but you can see, no, no, that's not what happened. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, the man has experience. He's an experienced crime scene investigator. He goes there. He's told a story. It took, even if it was, 20 minutes after he got there, for him to walk from her front door and it takes him 20 minutes to get to her back door and him to say, you know, what I'm seeing here doesn't match what I'm being told. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes is a long time to go from her front door to her back door. But not only that, Mr. Crom was on the scene for nine and a half hours that day. Right. You know, I couldn't just walk through there and then walk say, oh, it was Darlie. I'm out of here. You know, he yeah. he was one and a half hours that day.
2: Right. Well, again, I think as Brian and I talked about, sometimes the family members don't know pro- uh, procedures, or or they don't even know, you know, the the full facts. They exactly. think they know. They want you to believe that they know, but they don't really know.
1: True.
2: So. Um, and then, of course, we talked about briefly, but Darren and Darley's statements mhm those are also <clears throat> excuse me every every statement they made was different, right, and I think led to you know suspicion falling on at least Darley, if not Darley and Darren, right. Well, you, um, you, have, you compare it to what they,
6: they wrote in their written statement. Um, Darren, for the first time, testified, um, first time he'd said it to anyone, that uh, Darley was over holding the holes together on Damon, Devin's chest while he mm-hmm. was giving PR, which, of course, they said to try to explain the pure Devin stain that was on her back. Mhm. You know, and then in her testimony, she she doesn't even mention holding holes together, just that um, she walked over there with a towel and that she could see blood spraying. So, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, all is um, coming up with what they can to counter the evidence against her.
1: Right.
2: And also we've got the observation of them from the officers who arrived at the scene within five minutes of Darley's initial call. Right. And none of them saw Darley show any concern for Damon or Devin or render any aid to them. No, they did not. So there's, you know, that's another disconnect. And she never asked about Drake. No. And that's huge to me, too. She didn't
6: ask about him because she knew he was alright. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's huge to me.
2: Right. And then we get to uh, Devon's birthday
1: mm-hmm.
2: at the cemetery, which yeah. to me, I'm not even a parent, but I still find it to have all been in poor taste. To have media there and to call it a party. Mm-hmm. I just find that's in poor taste.
6: Yeah, I do too. Um, and,
1: you know, the, have the a... The solemn... I wouldn't
6: have that big of a problem with the party itself so much. I Her demeanor at the party is off also. But if you right. watch that full tape and you see her interview at the end where... Like at one portion, the reporter is telling her, you know, that basically that some are starting to suspect her. And uh, her first comment is, well, you know, there's nothing we can do. Gossip is the biggest evil in the world, she said, as she's standing out at mm-hmm. her son's party at, at his grave. Yeah. Gossip is the biggest evil in the world, she said. How, how is that? How is that when you're standing at your son's grave Murdered eight days before, right there in your home, just feet away from you, and gossip is the biggest thing mm-hmm. in the world. That whole interview yeah. is very telling.
2: Yeah. Definitely, in you know, definitely both of them in poor taste. Yes. I mean, they have Gangsta's Paradise at the funeral. I don't care if you think that was the kid's favorite song. Somehow, I don't believe that was the boy's favorite song. I think that was Darlie's favorite song. It's very well good of
6: no I mean, you can't tell. You don't have any way of knowing because they lie about.
2: Well, her, she's one of those women. Her children were an extension of her. Mm-hmm. They were only there to make her appear the way she wanted to appear. And she got right. very frustrated when they didn't fit into that mold. Right. I think both Devin and Damon were getting a little bit more rambunctious, and they were getting older, probably a lot more sassy. Mm-hmm. Hard and she could not. She could not deal with it. Plus, with the postpartum. Right. Um, but I've I think- I've met mothers of of murder victims. And the first birthday for one of them was two months after the murder. She was unable to get out of bed. Yeah, I... His dad didn't get out of bed. And to this day, it's been 25 years, she still goes radio silent on her son's birthday. Got it. Because she can't deal with... She doesn't want to deal with anything or think about it or think about him. It's, I
6: mean, it's it's unavoidable. I mean, you can't, you don't just push through it like that. And a week mm -hmm. later?
2: Right. I think for me the the problem is going from the allegedly sobbing, barely able to stand that is Mm -hmm. described that we never really see. Right. To laughing and smacking gum and spraying silly string on your son's grave.
6: Doesn't really fit, does it?
2: it no. it uh, You know, most, most mothers of murdered children, likely once they start crying, it's very difficult for them to stop. Right. And it, and it and doesn't matter a- it, if it was Dana's idea to bring the silly string or exactly. Darren's idea to bring the silly string. Or one of the other kids to bring the silly string. Silly the can never should have been in Darlie's hand spraying on the grave. Because as an adult, somebody sprays silly string on me, I'm going to find that incredibly disrespectful toward me. Right. It's not cute. It's not funny.
4: Yeah, and yeah, that's the just...
2: way I look at it with the grave. It's not respect. And it's not honoring them.
6: No, and it's just it's just not normal. I mean, she's standing out there telling everybody how, you know, even though their hearts are breaking, she knows that Devin and Damon want them to be happy, you know. So it's mm-hmm. just look like, hey, it's okay because they want us to be this way.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: You, can't, you, I know that there are people that just go through the motions, you know. They're out there, they're like zombies. They're just going through the motions. That's not what she was doing.
2: Not what she was doing. Exactly. And so that led to the arrest. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the, and to go back a little bit, one of the biggest injustices in this case was that the defense accused police of breaking the law when they planted surveillance microphones mm-hmm. at the cemetery with permission from the owners of the cemetery. Right. In an urn that they procured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as it turned out, uh, federal district court dismissed Darley Key and Darren Rudier's lawsuit Against the city of Rowlett, because the city of Rowlett did not violate any rights of theirs. No, they did not. In what they did, but it's really it's it's one of the injustices. They accuse these officers of breaking the law. For if it had been an intruder, was a actually a sound investigatory uh, avenue to pursue. Put Mm -hmm. a microphone near the grave. An intruder. Might come to the grave and exactly express some right. remorse or something
6: exactly. This is not something unheard of that's never ever done it's It's done all the time. The police place that surveillance equipment they like you say, somebody could come uh to the grave later on and make some sort of confession or even something from Darley you right.
1: know, she right. for
6: investigation.
2: So, but uh, she was arrested. And then there was some pretrial DNA testing in which no unknown DNA was found. Right. Is no that un- correct?
6: Un- right. And,
2: uh, and also, something that uh, I don't know if the Keys realize this or if Darren realizes it uh, Mulder and the other attorneys could have asked the court to provide funding for them to do their own DNA testing. And they had samples Mm
1: -hmm.
2: of everything that the state had. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, their experts got samples prior to the state performing any testing. So uh, the question becomes, why didn't they try to do this testing? (laughs) Should have. Pardon me. Should have. I yeah I agree. They should have been. And Texas law has changed so. Not doing it is no longer, a bar to post, trial DNA testing.
6: Right. She's been um, a lot of testing <laughs> over. I mean, over the years and in the past couple of years, she's been granted even more. So. they mm-hmm. They're giving her and, every opportunity.
2: Yeah, and but uh, you know we're not hearing anything, and right. the Dallas County records are online, and there was a motion to seal filed by her attorneys mm-hmm. to seal all DNA results. Right. So those will not become public record. What? And they probably will not become public record, even if there's a hearing.
6: Uh, according, because
2: they filed a motion to seal.
6: Right. Well, according That was to, granted. Right. It was. According to what I was told by the DA's office, once all of that state-level testing is completed, everything they're doing now, there will be a hearing set, and, and it will be a public hearing, and those DNA test results will be brought out.
2: Okay. That's what I was okay. Okay. I'll 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 wait and see. Um she also got some funding from the federal court
1: mm-hmm. for DNA
2: testing. Um which makes me wonder why her mom is still asking supporters for tens of thousands of dollars for yeah. attorneys and DNA testing when apparently that's being funded through a federal court. Yes. Not what they wanted, but time. some of it.
6: And, and and at the time when she very first started saying this, um, when it was going through the state court, and I even called the DA's office myself and verified it, and they said, you know, everything at that level, what the state, what is approved by the court will be paid for by the state. Now, I realize that that may have some changes at the federal level, but when she was in state or in, you know, district court, mm-hmm. anything that was approved by the state was paid for by the state.
2: Yeah. Well, I think because it's being done at DPS in Garland. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that's being done at U University of North Texas.
6: Right. Those results, uh, we were actually get able to get a hold of. They were posted online through the Dallas County website. And mm-hmm. uh, they were um, subsequently taken down. But uh, we have a copy of those results.
1: Okay.
6: Two fifteen from UNC.
2: Okay, yeah. I, I saw those. And what worries me about DNA testing old cases now is mm-hmm. that you're gonna find minor contributors. Right. On just about everything everywhere. Right. And those minor contributors may not have any reference samples available to figure out who they are. Right. Because I think that happened on those those test results. Although it confirmed female DNA darley mm-hmm. and no uh no major contributors mail but it right. excluded Devin and Damon and Darren on the minor the minor contributors. Pamela? Yes ma'am. Okay. I'm sorry, I thought you might have dropped.
6: Um, oh no no, I'm still here.
2: <laughs> so um so that kind of that kind of worries me.
6: Um, I don't think it'll be anything to worry about. The um uh the biggest thing for them I think in the two in the twenty fifteen testing anyway, was that they didn't find any male DNA in that print and this was gonna be, you know this was gonna be the saving grace.
2: Right, right. But because, no uh, no epithelial no no male.
6: Right, no male. DNA, no male DNA obtained is what it said, and um, okay. I called I called the lab and asked them what that meant, and what I was told was, is that it either means there was not enough male DNA there to be detected, or there just simply was no male no male DNA to
2: detect.
1: Okay, okay,
6: um, but still, I mean that's that's not a good thing for Darlie at all. Because that'll be looked right. at as no male DNA was obtained, and the STR test, uh, testing on that print, which would have um, brought up the you know the female DNA, or it, the the STR detects both male and female, and Correct. the SPR testing came up um, inconclusive.
1: Okay, uh, in print, yeah. which
6: means they couldn't say, you know, this is Darley, but she also could not be
2: excluded. Okay. Okay. And then
6: no male DNA with the YSTR testing, so.
1: Mhm.
6: I think it'll come back if they're able to run it, if they're able to get a hit once she gets back to the federal level. I think that print, if they're able to get a print on it, it'll come, to, a hit on it, rather, it'll come back to Darley.
2: Well, now, as I understand it, um, it, it doesn't – the print really is not a good print, and it doesn't qualify for running it through AFIS.
6: Right. Um, also, from the DA's office is that there is a criteria that has to be followed, mm-hmm. or that has Correct. to be met you know, for them to be able to run it. So it is – you know, it was wet, smudged on that glass, partial print. I just don't think they'll right. ever, ever, ever offer her any relief whatsoever, even if they are it's a gamble and not even really a gamble because even if it turns out to be her print, that doesn't mean that she killed the boy. Mm-hmm. But she wants you to believe that it came from an
2: but intruder. It, it negates the intruder. Mhm. And uh now what about uh Devin and Damon? I have read some claims that uh, one of the boys was excluded as a source of the print, and the other boy was still being determined. It was still being examined. And then I've never heard anything else after that. But I also heard that when the boys were exhumed, they had been holding hands, and there had been some water that caused deterioration. So were they ever able to get good prints from Devon or Damon?
6: I think with Devin, they had a a print card from him from school or something like that.
2: Okay. I don't,
6: you know, I don't really know. Um, I have to, because I've had people say from what they read from Dr. Jantz's report that they weren't saying for sure that um, Damon had been excluded. But now Darley's family claimed that he was. So, right. The I,
2: family continues to claim both Devin and Damon were excluded. But I, um but one of her attorneys uh was giving some kind of press statement or whatever and he mm-hmm. said I think it was Devin, Devin has been excluded, but they're they're working on Damon and this was in two thousand eight. Right. Well, You
6: know, her expert. 10 years. Yeah. And her expert, um, Dr. Jantz, and this was even before, this was back in um, 2003, um, said that the print was um, at 60 40 more likely to be that of a, a woman than a man, based on. Okay. Size of the print, and that was her paid expert. Her mm-hmm. own paid expert could not exclude her.
2: Right. In fact, it was so that that negates. Yeah, that negates the intruder male. Mhm. Because the print sixty forty, it's a woman. Mhm. Oh my lord. To listen to her supporters and even her attorneys, you know, we still supposedly don't know. Right. Yeah. So, um, all right, so she has her federal post-conviction, uh, she wasn't successful with state post-conviction. Her federal right. post-conviction has been stayed and obeyed. Right. Because of the post-conviction DNA testing, which is still going on 10 years later and right. they keep coming up with more things to test. Right. Interestingly, they never really have <coughs> pardon me they never seem to really have any results from the prior testing that are exculpatory. Right. Most of the prior testing is inconclusive.
6: There's There's nothing for her and hasn't been and, and, and mm-hmm. nothing will ever bring her any kind of relief. <laughs> and all of the DNA testing that was done pre-trial, uh,
2: post-trial, nothing. Right. So the once the once that I, I guess she's waiting to run out of evidence or run out of a court that is going to tell her no.
6: Right. I mean, eventually they'll. Um, you know, they will put a stop to it. You know, I was also told by the uh, DA's office that once Charlie's case returns to the federal level, if she's not, you know, gotten anything of any value from all of this state testing,
1: mm-hmm. the
6: federal court could just accept their testing and go from there. Okay. Um, I still well, think no, but they'll try to run that print, though. You know, with the, I I I hope that they do. I I really, really, really hope they do.
2: I really well,
6: hope
2: to do it. I think the problem is is that the print doesn't qualify. Right, <laughs> as a partial, uh, in the poor condition. Um, I I another thing that I read was that there aren't enough characteristics.
6: Right, not enough points
2: Right, of comparison, right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think they're going to ever be able to run it because I don't think that APHIS is ever going to get to a – it's not like DNA testing where it's going to get better and better and better as time goes by. Right. I mean, for a fingerprint comparison, you have to have a certain number of points of comparison between question and known. Right. And if you don't have all those, plus with a partial print, you don't necessarily know the orientation of the finger, what finger made it. Um, You know, it could be, it could even be from, uh, you know, the palm of her hand rather than a finger. Right.
6: Well, um, you know, um, back when they were doing um, like the state testing. The state's expert, after Dr. Jantz came in, uh, the state had an expert come in, Pat Warheim, and the state's expert could not exclude Darley. Couldn't ID mm-hmm. her, that they could not use the print to ID, but they could use it to exclude. And according to the state's experts, Darley can't be excluded. Her right ring finger,
2: specifically. Okay. All right. That, yeah, I, right. I I think I had read that. I was looking at the state habeas, and you know she wasn't successful, and her federal her federal habeas is basically going to be the federal court, <coughs> the federal district court reviewing the state court findings and Mm -hmm. evidence. Right. right? Um, Although I can see, I predict that there will be requests to file successive petition after successive petition Mm -hmm. in both state and federal court by Darley's attorneys. On all kinds of grounds. I mean, there will be more people in on that burglary deal with Darren, mm-hmm. who now says that never really happened. Right. Apparently. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, right. I I do wish that I wish this DNA testing would be completed. I saw the recent yeah. articles that. It's going on. I mean, has it been just her continuing to change what she wants to test?
6: Um, Not just that. I mean, uh, the law has changed, and this is another uh, benefit, of course, to her defense, just stretching this out as long as they can. Um, Mm -hmm. They know that they're not ever going to get anything out of this print. And like I said, even if it does come come back to her, it doesn't prove that she killed the kids. So they right. can afford, you know, to, to use this to stretch this out or any other testing that can get on prints or whatever. They can use this to stretch it out. But um, it's, they know that this is not ever going to do anything for her.
2: hmm Yeah. And
6: uh, so, you know, they can afford to do that. They can afford to push it and see just, you know, how far they can go because comes down to it, it it doesn't incriminate her, so they can afford to work with her. And so, eventually, um, this will, you know, the court will stop accepting. She was, uh, the law, anyway, the whole point in that was this being stretched out for so long, and in the meantime, in 2012, a new law was signed in, uh,
4: signed in. So, Mm -hmm.
6: she was even more testing testing that she had been denied previously
1: right so right
6: it's, it's different things you know um, that causes her allows her to get more testing or testing that she was denied in the first place um, it's you know if she could it's just another way for just just to drag 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 it out as long as they can, but I don't think the federal court. Will drag on as long as these uh no.
2: states have. I, no, I don't think with them. Once the uh once a motion to to restart the federal habeas is filed, it may be a year or two before the district court makes a decision, because they've mm-hmm. got twenty years of record to look at. Right. But I think once the, the, the district court makes a decision, if they ultimately deny any relief, then it goes to the Fifth Circuit, and then it will finally go to the U.S. Supreme Court, which is very unlikely that it will be uh, – cert will be granted. Right. Um, but I can predict that they're still going to be complaining about the transcripts even though Susan Simmons was able to put together an accurate transcript that right. she was able to certify with the exception of 54 pages in a single volume. And that was only because she didn't have an audio record to check and make sure that her editing on the, the stenography record was accurate. Mm-hmm. And so, those 50, but,
6: 54 pages of volume 10, which, <laughs> I mean, had nothing to do with the trial itself. Yeah, it was a pre.
2: Trial it was part of a pre-trial hearing. Mhm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so.
6: But that. Well, um, thank you. So- I. But I just want to say before we go too, as far as the um, transcript issue goes,
2: mm-hmm.
6: that has been to the Supreme Court.
2: Oh, okay.
6: Yes, Ma'am, they did that on her direct appeal. That was taken to the Supreme Court. And uh um, they denied
2: cert denied she she okay, she filed a petition for writ, yeah, and they denied, okay, they denied. so it was it was presented to them, and they declined to look at it right right it it's not it'd be a little different if they had looked at it and said, "I don't know what this attorney is complaining about
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: pardon me, everybody um <laughs> You know, he's not – they They never identified anything that was really not right once Susan Simmons was done. Right. They just kept objecting to how Susan Simmons did it <clears throat> and what she did and, and raising admissibility and evidentiary objections to her methodology, even mm-hmm. though that's how court reporters do their job. Right. So, um and they'll 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 continue complaining about it even though they got an accurate record.
6: Yes they will.
2: Uh, but what Sandra Halsey did was wrong and if she did it deliberately deliberately uh, that's, you know, inexcusable.
6: Absolutely.
1: <laughs>
2: but um, you know, luckily someone was able she didn't do it well enough to enable, to prevent anybody from coming behind her. And I, as Susan Simmons said, she just was a poor editor.
1: Right,
6: right. That's a, If you if you read uh, the court's answer to her direct appeal, it goes into detail about mm-hmm. everything that was done. Um, yeah. To that transcript. It wasn't like somebody just skipped through, you know, and a week later they were done. This was over a two-year process. Correct. Uh, twenty Correct. more than twenty hearings. So it, yeah. it wasn't just a fly by night thing. It was, it was, uh, right. it was hard work.
2: Yeah, and Sandra Halsey was present every day of the trial and was keeping an accurate stenographic record
6: right. during and the course were, of the trial. Right, and there were audio recordings too.
2: As well, right? Which mm-hmm. Susan Simmons used to to check her translation and editing of the stenographic record right one of the complaints raised was that she used the audio (laughs) to create her record and that's Mm. not correct that is not correct no so um, but uh, well thank you for joining us My, my cough is getting so much worse
6: Well, I hope you feel Um, better, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on. I really
2: appreciate it. You made this Thank you. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, you know, when when something develops, we'll definitely bring the show back on.
1: Okay, great.
2: We'll bring you back on to talk about Darlie and her ever-evolving case.
6: (laughs) Great. I'm looking forward (laughs) to it, Lisa. Thank you so much.
2: All right. Thank you, Pamela. Good night. Good night. All right, Michael.
1: You did use a
3: cough drop.
2: Well, I've been sucking on cough drops, but my sister just came home and she turned the heater on.
3: Oh,
2: okay. And as soon as she turned the heater on, that made my throat just go crazy.
1: Yeah.
2: So, um That was a great show. That was a great show. <clears throat> and Brian and Pamela were great.
3: Oh yes, they were—they um,
2: were wonderful, wealth and knowledge. So, time
3: flew. Yes, absolutely. All right, well
2: let's let's get this one dusted and done. Thank oh, you for listening, no. clear and convincing. <laughs> okay, Michael. Okay.
3: Thank
2: you for uh, thank you for listening, to clear and convincing, with Lisa O'Brien and Michael Conahan. If you like our show and want to know more, you can find us on Facebook, go to our blog at clearingconvincingpodcast.wordpress.com or follow me on Twitter at O'Brien L. Ann. Join us in two weeks for a special episode of Clear and Convincing, episode 30, which we're going to call the Anniversary Special. On November 27, 2017, I was introduced to podcasting by Brad Hicks, Sean Castleberry, and the great Michael Conahan, when I appeared on their American Idiots podcast. That appearance led to an invitation to be co-host of that show with Brad and Sean, and then later with Brad, and then that led to the opportunity to launch Clear and Convincing and brings me here tonight. Michael and I are going to be joined by Brad and Sean. We're going to reminisce about that first episode, talk about Brad and Sean's new projects, and just generally, chat. We won't be covering any particular cases unless Sean and I get into an argument about one. Um, <laughs> Michael and I Michael and I want to wish everyone a safe and happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you again on Tuesday, november twenty seventh, 2018, at eight p.m. Central. Everybody stay safe. Don't drink and drive. Call your mama. Call a Uber. Call a Lyft. I would recommend, highly recommend Lyft. Uh, <laughs> take a taxi. Don't drive. Don't drink. Or don't drink and drive. Everybody, mm-hmm. stay safe. Good night. <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTWD group void were prohibited by law. See terms and
4: conditions 18 plus.